Blessing the children. You are stardust and starlight, thick mud and lilac honey, twirling and tumbling, a rock polished in ocean waves. You are a prayer the earth sings to itself. You are a prayer, the curve of a wing turning in flight, the curl of a fern unborn, the spilled seeds half buried, the turning strands of web holding drops. You are crystal waters moving over granite and tiny points of sunlight reflected in it, the glint in mountain air and the flashing eye of a mountain lion. You are a leaf rubbing bark, a spark swaying from burning cedar, a bubble rising in a turquoise pool, a yellow flower centered in a red cliff wall, prayers of the earth singing your ways. You are a prayer, I, the earth, sing to myself, and this is how I will bless you as the crescent moon holds the morning star. Your laughter blesses me as river caresses rock. You are my prayer. As trees sing to the sun, I will sing for you always. When wind dances with clouds, I will draw your name on the dark underside of stone and drum rhythms of peace in the bark of tree so that you may put your feet on the ground and your back against a tree and listen to the chant of my heart. Blessing the children. Devorah Kalila Bat Shakar. Whew, that one I just love. That's from the Kohenet Sidora, the prayer book. And I wanted to use it today to start this episode that came to me yesterday on a walk around divine timing, raising children, education in schools, and our own inner voice. So I want to tell you a few quick stories about education in real life and divine timing and how we use the inner voice to be present with our own rhythm of family and life. So some of you know, and today, actually, I want to back up for a second. I want to talk about three different educational experiences that were not clear paths, but that eventually were deeply in alignment. And um, it took time for this to happen. So the first little story is that years ago, and many of you know this, years ago, I was looking, my heart was calling to be teaching in higher ed after I'd been in some middle schools that weren't really working out. And I put AU on a little sticky note because I wanted to be somewhat close to my house. I didn't want to travel. I had been teaching at George Mason and it was too far. So I put it on a sticky note and I left it. I just heard AU from my inner voice and put it on the sticky note. And not even a week later, I got an email from Adina AU saying, come teach. Um, it was completely unsolicited. I did not email them. I did not send a resume. It was someone within the department who had recommended me for a position. Turned out about two weeks after that, um, I did get the job. I did start going through the process. And then um, they had a mistake in admin and she emailed me, we can't have you this semester. And I was, I was disappointed. And I still had faith that it would work out. I still had this, my inner voice kept telling me, AU. So I just kind of said, okay. 
And not even a week later, Milo got sick with Lyme disease and we were in the hospital and it was a very stressful season. And there's no way I would have been able to keep my AU commitment with Milo's health that fall. So as the Milo thing was unfolding, I realized, oh, this divine timing thing is so spot on in this case, right? I'm I'm wide open to watching life unfold and completely trusting it. So then, you know, six months later, I get an email, okay, we're ready to have you. And I was hired and the rest is history. I've been part of AU for the past three years. So that was kind of number one's example of, of like the deep knowing, the intuitive sense, the inner voice guiding me and completely releasing external expectations or timelines. So much of this process of expanding and unfolding is about waiting. And this is something people are not good at. We want everything as we want it (laughs) right now. So the next story is about a school that I went to see for my daughter that I completely fell in love with and was hoping she would go there. And a turn of events happened where my inner voice was saying, this is a great place, period. It's not for her now, period. So I had, I watched that unfold. I watched myself be in a wonderful school that I thought she really made, again, I thought my mind thought she could have really thrived there, but my inner voice kept saying when it was time to take action, not now. And, And it was a different voice. It was a different resonance. So we kept her where she was, and then a year later, um, revisited the idea, and it was just, I asked my inner voice, and it was just no. I just heard no, not, you know, this is not the place. This is not the time. And then another year went by, and it was like riding a wave. It was a fury, a, a fury and a passion that was so deep inside me, it was taking me over that I can't even explain in which the inner voice was guiding me as quickly as possible to make a transition in the middle of the year. And at this point, I trust it so much. I don't ask questions. I just act on it. And it is not always pretty. It was a very difficult, difficult time um, for my daughter when I made that decision and I just knew as a leader, as a mama, I do believe she, her inner voice and her guidance obviously really, really, really counts. But in this situation, it was so clear that it was time to go and it needed to happen now. That's what I kept hearing. That's what I kept feeling. There was this urgency, Um, found a place, fell in love with it. I knew the minute I walked in that it was the place for her Um, And I knew it in an integrated way, the mind and the inner voice, moved her to that school. And then shortly after COVID happened and she was exactly in the right place at the right time for the type of learning um, that she needs to really help her. And when that all happened, again, I just would write in my journal, thank you, inner voice, you guided us here. You gave her this support and this foundation. And I'm watching you. 
I'm thanking you. I'm grateful for you. I'm listening to you inner voice. You are guiding me in ways I can't even understand. And it just keeps happening in all of these ways. Today, I'm specifically talking about children and family and schools because this is a conversation I'm having every day with people. Their inner voice is telling them what they're doing is not working. And I'll say they're not listening because of overwhelm, because of stress. And I get it. I understand what that's like. But those of you who are listening, I know you're on the path of the spirit warrior and that you are, you know, looking for other women who live their life this way or families that live their life this way and that want to make changes and listen to the inner voice guidance, even when they don't understand it and not letting themselves get too stuck in the mind or the overwhelmed state. Um, because that's not helpful to this path. It's not helpful to your life or to your family's life. So made that decision. I do want to pause before I go to the third story and just say that is there a chance that I could have not listened to my inner voice and instead let her stay where she was because maybe because of fear, maybe because of money, maybe because of timing. Like there's a whole bunch of things that could have been caught up in that. Could I have let her stay and would things have unfolded in a different way? A thousand percent. Is it possible that things are unfolding that we think it's like, oh, the universe said, no, it's not that. It's like, you're listening to inner voice. You are the universe. You're made of the universe. The main universe is made of you. Everything is deeply connected. So there's no external, there's not necessarily, I don't want to get into like 3D living and 5D living, but I, there's not necessarily someone else like over above us with a wand saying like, yes, sailor and yes, pleasant. like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, this listening is leading us to less suffering. This listening is leading us to a vibration that I cannot put words on, a clarity, a power, a strength, a knowing that does not relate in 3D earth living. The way that I feel about the alignment of where she is being educated is beyond something that has words because it's a feeling state. It's the same feeling state I have about my connection to AU, where my inner voice guided me to this place. I'm deeply in love and passionate with my work there, even though it's so difficult at times. And I just know that's where I'm supposed to be. And I know in my whole body. And I also know that everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So I also know that things will change. And at some point, I won't feel that way. Or I'll die. <laughs> I don't mean it that way, but you know what I'm saying. So the point is not necessarily that I want to spend a lot of time talking about what could have happened if I didn't listen to my inner voice, because I know, and you know, when you have deep resonance with your inner guidance and your inner being, and you don't listen, you get out of alignment and things get wacky, wacky. Things get more difficult, more chaotic, and more confused. So to be in right relationship with myself, with my alignment, with my deepest knowing, it means taking action. It means deep trust and faith and completely letting go of timelines of when things are going to happen, right? The reason I told you that backstory about Sailor in school was because it was years before we took the action to move her because my inner voice was saying, it's time to go. This isn't it. 
there will be a time to go. This isn't it. Keep looking. You know, it kept nudging me to find sort of plan B, but it never said now. Um, there was like the whispers of it until they became the shout. Okay. And the time period between the whispers and the shout were uncomfortable. It was, it did create a lot of chaos in many ways. Um, but it's okay because of that divine timing piece, right? Sometimes we have to wait till it's a shout um, to really feel confident enough to take that action. Sometimes we've already known for years. So this piece about now the third sort of education story is that the, a very similar thing happened with my son, has been happening with my son for the about the same amount of time as, as my daughter. And we, again, it was quiet. We did research. We looked around. We talked to places. We knew it wasn't quite a good fit where he was. And how did I know? I just knew. There's things that I know that I trust. There's feeling states. There's emotions. There's ways that he was reacting. There's communities that we want to be part of. There's values. You know, there's so much to being part of a community. And it was fine, right? Doing the best we can, moving through until it wasn't, until the shout came again this summer and we moved him. And I will say that this week is when we made the decision. I am, I mean, not made the decision, but since he started the, his new educational setting, I am, um, I don't want to talk in this episode about like abundance and, and energy transmissions and transactions and what it means, like what is an abundant state of mind? Because that I feel like if people are interested, just ask, we can do a whole episode or a series on it. But the, the normal mind blocks that would get in the way of sending two kids to private school are not the truth for our family. So I just want to openly push on that for people who think, oh, well, I could never do that. It's just money and you have to be rich and you have to be wealthy. That's not my story. So I'm happy to share my story, but this is not the place for it. So let me go back to him is that then this week when he's in the school that I've been in relationship with three years, I've sent people the site for, I energetically have a connection to the school and the model for the school. I don't know how long he will be there. Years, months, I don't know any of that. I just know that I have this relationship and this magnetic pull to the way the school is teaching learning and engaging students and growing. And I knew that this, we would end up here. I just didn't know when. And I knew we'd end up here for a period of time. And I don't know when it's going to end. Um, and then this week, as he transitioned into this setting, into this community, again, that high, high energy vibration, feeling alignment that there are no words for just completely flooded my body. Um, and it was after this, I was walking yesterday, feeling this and swinging my arms and breathing the air in just silence, right? No podcast, no music, just being. And I realized and was able to make those three connections between these educational stories and the inner voice and the time that sometimes these things unfold in not in real time, not in earthly time, but in this other realm of waiting, knowing, believing, trusting. Um, and so I wanted to do this to give you a little bit of support to say, <clears throat> if you're feeling really uncomfortable with the choices you've made, how can you free yourself up? How can you stay open, stay clear, stay clean? Where do you want to look for windows of opening, windows of 
inner voice, how can she guide you towards that path of deep resonant alignment that is so energizing? It's just completely, I feel like I'm radiating through my whole body because of this alignment that we found for this period of time. I'm not saying that it will be forever. I'm not saying that there was not discomfort along the way, but I want to pause and really honor that process and really name the divine timing. I want to say also that if you are doing a lot of numbing, so you're drinking a lot or smoking pot or Netflix or shopping or overworking, I don't know how clear your channel is to your inner voice because I think people are so clogged up right now with numbing that I'm, I'm asking you to do a little less of that in order to get the clarity um, so that you can make these choices for yourself and your family. One of the biggest things that I've been asking myself first and my children, as they've been transitioning to new schools and new responsibilities, my daughter transitioned last winter. I transitioned a few years ago and then feel like I'm transitioning again this summer um, because of online learning. And then my son transitioning this week is how can I support you? So I must say, how can I support you You know, five times a week to them as they're transitioning and there's discomfort? I say it to myself when I feel totally overwhelmed by all the things. How can I support you? Self, what do you need? Do you need to get outside? Do you need to have a glass of water? Do you need to take a bath? Do you need to go scream in the woods? So how can I support you is a great way to also connect to help the people in your life start being able to answer that for themselves and step in and and especially during this time while they may be overwhelmed with their school and you're overwhelmed with work, um, really asking each other, how can I support you? It might just be getting a hug. The other thing is so important is that when you're asking, how can I support you or asking, what do you think, which is a question I've been asking my uh, AU students a ton this semester, what do you think when they want me to answer a question Um, and they want me to give them the answer is what do you think? And then clearly pausing and being silent and listening. So your kid comes to you upset about something or your partner and they're so used to you answering for them. They're so used to you jumping in and doing that for them. I'm, I'm asking you to stop doing that. It's not helping them and it's not helping you. I'm asking you to try to pause and be silent and listen and say, what do you think? What do you think you should do? What do you think the next steps are? How do you think you should handle this? Please, it's time for our youth and our children to step into their power. We have to stop taking it away from them. It's not helping anybody. It's draining you. It's exhausting them. And it's really pulling away their resilience and their independence. So how can I support you? What do you think? And then being silent and practice deep listening. To close, I just really want to honor the sort of 
path that has brought us together in this way, if you're listening to this, where we get to have this intimate conversation of experiences from life that you can try, that you can watch, you can listen to your inner voice, you can wait. Um, Part of the practice is to watch, wait, listen, relax, and allow. Allow the divine timing. Allow things to come to you. Allow yourself to dream forward a better system, a better way for your children, for your family. And really deepening your own connection to your inner voice through that clear line, through that clear connection. The last part of this is this whole phrase that I was like running through my head yesterday when I was thinking about sharing this with you was how to sing your soul's song. And, you know, for me, I think the reason this came up is because I feel like I'm singing my soul's song. It's to be aware and present and a leader for my family and to see clearly when they can't, when they're confused and to be in right relationship with them and myself and my own energy field. And so that for me is singing my soul's song and I want them to sing their soul song. And that means that there needs to be certain things cleared away. There's certain societal norms they don't really have to be part of right now. We can push on all of that. There's no reason to swallow status quo. And it doesn't have to just be, is there privilege? Yes, period. Can we also teach inner voice work, singing our soul song, alignment and attunement of your instruments? This is all I kept thinking about yesterday was if your body and your clarity and your connection to your inner voice is your instrument, if your body and your life and your vibration and your voice is your instrument, attune it, right? Attune to it, tune it up, keep it moving, keep it in flow and listen when your instrument is speaking to you and talking to you. And and how do you start to trust it is really just a practice. You will hear things like not now. You will hear things like stay. You will hear relax and allow. You will hear trust. These are very common things that I hear in inner voice sessions. So to frame this whole conversation, it really is about your soul song. It really is about finding your soul song and then aligning your life and attuning your life and your instrument so that you can do that for those your children and those you're in relationship with. So going back to the beginning of this episode, thinking about that beautiful poem, Bless the Children. Just take a moment to pause thinking about your own loved ones and what would it look like for you to sing your soul song, for them to sing their soul song, and how can we set them up to do that in this world today? Put your feet on the ground and your back against a tree and listen to the chants of my heart. Ah. <sighs>